Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. I am a personal finance and business coach, and my ultimate aim is to help people to stop surviving in their finances and to start thriving and meeting their goals. Now, I was actually inspired for the title of this episode from a question I was asked last week in my finance one-on-one group coaching session. Now, when this question was asked, I was like, wow, this is a great question. I definitely have to do a podcast on it. So here we are right now. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're excited now that the weather getting hotter summer is coming we hope if you're living in the uk you can never tell but um let's get straight into this so millennials are actually those that are born from 1981 to 1996 so i too am a millennial and some of the mistakes that i'll be sharing with you today are mistakes that i previously made in my finances that i kind of wish that i didn't but you know we live and we learn and are also mistakes that i've identified in my clients because a lot of my clients have been millennials i've had a couple of gen z but most have been millennials or older I can't remember the generation before millennials, but yeah, I'm not even going to guess and say the wrong thing. You can Google it. So anyway, so the first mistake, which I'll get into is not only millennials that make this mistake, you know, Gen Z are definitely making this too. And I think it's really important for us to start educating ourselves, for us to start improving on our habits and the way we manage our money and finances and our life in general. So that if we have children or just in general, we can teach other people. You can't teach what you don't live. Well, you can, but it makes you a hypocrite. This mistake is one that I see a lot of people committing, irrespective of their age. And it is not having a clear money management strategy that they follow. So in other words, you can say not having a budget that they stick to. Now, this is important because you need to have a strategy for your money. Money is so easy to spend, you know, especially with the way that society is developing in. You can spend money from your phone. You don't even need to use your card anymore. You don't need to have cash anymore. You don't even need to remember your PIN because it's so easy for us to spend. You don't even need to leave your house to spend all your money. You can do it online. And that's why it's really important to have a clear money management strategy. So thinking about how much am I going to save each month? How much am I going to invest each month? How much do I need to put towards any debts I have each month? And how much do I leave for myself for me to spend throughout the month? You need to have a strategy. Now, just giving you something very simple, there's something called the 50-30-20 method. You allocate 50% to your needs, 30% to your wants, and 20% to your savings. Now, I would definitely suggest if you can save more than 20% of your income, because you're not going to regret saving a lot of money, are you? And the more you can save, the better it is, especially if you have a very high savings goal. So you're saving for a car, a house, a big holiday, or, you know, money to pay for a course or something that's just going to be significant in terms of the amount. The more you can save, the better and the quicker you're going to be able to meet your goals. So I definitely say as a standard, if you can save more than 20%, do. Don't limit yourself to that if that if you can save more than that. But at the same time, if you cannot afford to save 20% of your income because maybe money is tight or you have lots of financial responsibilities, definitely go through your expenses and see what can be cut. If you're in a situation where you're trying to clear debt, that needs to be a priority. But one thing I definitely say is that even if you are in debt, do put aside some money each month into your savings. And I'll explain why. Because if you're just focusing on clearing your debts and you have no savings, if an emergency happens, how will you cover that emergency? 
And your answer is probably going to be the credit card, the overdraft, borrowing. And again, you're spiraling even deeper into debt. So I definitely say even if you are in debt, it's still important to put aside a little bit of something. Even if it's just £50 every single month, it's still better than putting aside nothing. So that's what I would definitely say. So like I said, have a clear money management strategy. It can't just be something you randomly say in your head, but actually putting that to paper, actually putting that outside of yourself and taking actions. So utilizing a budgeting app, utilizing my finance and budgeting tracker, of course I'm going to plug myself in. That is what I personally use each month before our main payment date. Me and my husband, we sit down, we go through our budget, we allocate all our money to what we're going to spend it on, how much we'll save that month, how much we'll invest, how much we'll spend on different things, so groceries, clothes, going out, eating out, all that good stuff. And also making sure we're setting money aside for our miscellaneous budget, just in case, you know, things happen that aren't necessarily allocating in the other budget. So I think it's really, really important for you to have a money management strategy. And if you want to know a little bit more about this, check out my YouTube channel. I do have a video on creating a budget you can actually stick to. So I think that'll be quite useful for you. And yeah, so while I'm on it, if you're not already subscribed to my YouTube channel, definitely check it out. My aim is to grow it and to educate more people and yeah so definitely check that out if you haven't and that's one of the first mistakes it's like that classic saying failure to plan is planning to fail and it's no different with your money if you don't plan how you're going to spend your money you're gonna definitely fail in your goal. You're probably gonna spend more than you want to, or you might not save as much as you wanted to. So definitely have a plan for your money. You know, map it out and stick to it. Every single month before you receive your payment, plan out how you're gonna spend your money, how much you're gonna save, how much you're gonna spend. And of course, make sure you're allocating an amount that you can use to treat yourself. But of course, making sure that amount is actually affordable. So this is one of the common mistakes that I see people making. And sometimes when I ask my clients when we have sessions together, I say to them, this is normally one of the first questions I ask, what is your budget in strategy? Nine times out of 10, there is no strategy. Or I find that they have a strategy which sounds great in theory, but they don't actually practice it. So definitely create some sort of strategy that you can follow because this is going to help you to stay in line with your goals, stay in line with your budget, and it's going to avoid you overspending and having regret of, oh my gosh, why did I spend all this money? Or, oh my gosh, why did I invest this money better? Have a plan that aligns with your financial goals. That's the whole point of having a money management strategy. It's supposed to lead you towards achieving your goals. Now, the second mistake that I see a lot of millennials making and Gen Z, unfortunately, is living above your means. I have seen people that are on minimum wage, but they're only ever wearing name brand. And it doesn't make sense. How are you having a Gucci belt, Machino, um, Ralph Lauren, all these brands, okay, I'm just saying the first ones that come to my mind, but you're on minimum wage but you have no savings. And this is not to send shade for anyone, but if you just think of the logic, unfortunately, a lot of millennials have a consumer mindset. And it's not our fault, it's pushing our faces, and sometimes we lived in consumer households, and as a result, we have become consumers ourselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a consumer, but you have to be a savvy consumer, not a victim of consumerism. And I've seen that a lot of millennials are victims of consumerisms. And this links into one of the other mistakes, which I will get into. Now, what are some of the signs that someone is living above their means? When you're always buying things 
that you can't actually afford by cash. Now, there is nothing wrong with using a credit card when you have the means to pay it back, but if you're always having to fund your lifestyle on credit, then it does show that you are possibly living above your means. When you find that you're always getting into overdraft, you spend every single penny you earn and more, that does show that you're living above your means. And it's important, you might be someone that has expensive taste, but maybe you don't necessarily have the income to match your taste. But even so, you have to be wise with how you spend your money. What is the point of indebting yourself to look great, but you have no financial security? So it's really important if you identify, you know what, I'm actually living above my means. I have minimal savings. If I also lose my job, I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't even have a month's worth of savings to cover me for the next month. You have to ensure that you're always putting money aside, even if it's a small amount, it's going to add up. And one thing I'd say with the whole concept of living above your means is that you can't be living for other people. A lot of the times, people that live above their means, they care a lot what people think of them. So they'll buy things or go on holidays that they know they can't afford because everyone else is going on that family holiday or all your friends are going on that trip. But you have to assess, can I afford this? There's no point you competing with other people's pockets when you can't afford what they can. And it's important to think of the bigger picture. A lot of people are getting themselves into a financial pit because of instant gratification. So if you know you can't afford something, cut your cloth according to your size, as they say. And unfortunately, a lot of millennials are not doing that. But one thing I'd say is that sometimes because you lived in a consumer household, maybe you had parents that they did the same thing. You always had name brand clothes, but yet your parents didn't have savings for you. You know, again, it's that it's changing your mindset. It's changing your mindset from a consumer to an investor, changing your mindset from the short term to thinking of the long term as well. So the next mistake, which I see, which does link a lot with living above your means is having a high credit utilization and dependence. Unfortunately, a lot of millennials have very high credit utilizations. Now, what does that mean? A high credit utilization is when you're using a lot of credit. So whether that credit is in the form of an overdraft or a credit card, a personal loan, a payday loan, essentially spending money that's not yours. Unfortunately, a lot of millennials fund their lifestyle on credit. If they're going to go on a holiday, they're going to use their credit card. Now, this can be a good thing when you actually have the means to pay that back on time in full. Not pay that back on time in minimum payments. Because again, when you're paying minimum payments, you're going to be paying it for a longer period of time. It's going to take you longer to clear that debt and you're just getting caught up in all the interest. So I think it's really, really important to assess. Now, like I said, there's nothing wrong with using credit. You can actually use this to build your credit score. But when you're always relying on that, when Klarna is always seeing you because you've got this cute outfit and you don't have the means to buy it right now, and like, oh, you know, I'll pay it back but then you're struggling to pay it back, that's when it becomes a problem. In terms of credit, you wanna always ensure that you're keeping your credit utilization low. So aiming for say 30% or less. If you have a credit card, using it to the limit is never wise because it makes you seem like you're in you know, a financial desperate situation, that you're not responsible with your money. So you wanna make sure you're not utilizing a high amount of credit. If you find yourself constantly getting into overdraft every single month, your bank is always taking most of your income because of that overdraft, you might wanna start clearing that overdraft and reducing the amount of your overdraft. Are we even looking at why am I always getting into overdraft? Is it because I'm spending more than I can actually afford? Is it because I'm not tracking my spending during the month? 
really assessing the reasons so you can cut that bad habit. So as you start clearing the overdraft, reduce the amount so that you're not always going to be in that cycle every single month. And now I say this because I was in that. I used to be my overdraft every single month without fail. And I had absolutely no valid reasons as to why. I was simply living above my means. Budgeting was not in my vocabulary. I was just spending. And the only financial responsibility I had at that time was my phone bill. So, um, and my phone bill was probably like 40 pounds and I had probably over a thousand pounds to myself, but yet I was still getting into overdraft. This just shows that living above your means is real. And it's not always because you have lots of responsibilities because I didn't, but unfortunately that's what I was doing. So definitely keeping your credit utilization in check, you know, not always falling to that. Oh, you know, I can't afford it, but I'll use my credit card. If you don't have legitimate means to pay it back, leave the credit card alone. It should not be your emergency fund. It's not your money. You should be using your credit wisely to leverage your credit score and to better your financial position, not as a means to fund every single habit and desire that you have. Now, another mistake that I see, which almost seems like common sense, like why would you not do this? But it really does affect people financially, is not paying their bills on time or prioritizing their financial responsibilities. Now, this one is the main reason why a lot of people have bad credit, because they don't pay their bills on time. You you don't pay the phone bill on time, you forget, or maybe you don't have a direct debit set up, or they try to take the money out, but there's no money there. You know, all of these little things, it makes such a difference. When you're not paying your bills on time, that's going to affect your credit score. It's also going to affect what you're paying back because you've not only got the debt from the previous month, but you've got your current month to pay. And it's just very irresponsible. People are calling you and it's telling you that calls are not connected to this person's (laughs) line right now. And it's just embarrassing. So really make sure that you pay your bills on time before you're out there at the club before you're out there going shopping going to brunch with your girlfriends or your guy friends whatever you're doing with your money pay your bills on time make sure your bills are covered and something that you can do that can help you if you find that you're always spending off your bill money is have your bills close to the date that you get paid. So at least then you know that all bills are paid and if you have to eat noodles for the rest of the month, you're gonna have to eat those noodles, but at least you have the security that all your bills have been paid. So that's potentially something that you could do. Or even having separate accounts for different things. So you can have one account that all your bills come out of and you put the amount of your bills in that account and have a separate card that you use for your spending. So what you can possibly do is maybe open up a bonzo and that could be used for your spending. So at least then you know that you're not eating into your bill money, which a lot of people end up doing. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough to pay my bills. Then you have to dip into your savings. And again, if you don't have savings to dip into, what are you gonna use? The overdraft or the credit card. And there you go back into that cycle. So definitely making sure you prioritize your financial responsibilities. Even if it's just with family, you know, maybe you live at home, but you're always giving your contribution late. Be responsible. This is helping you to practice living in the real world. Your landlord or your mortgage provider is not going to care about the fact you don't have enough money. They want their money on time. So definitely make sure you're prioritizing your responsibilities and you're not being slack with how you manage your money. Now, the next thing that I find is debt. So whether the debt is in the form of a credit card or a personal loan or payday loan, these are the things that can really, really affect you financially because it's easy to get into debt. 
but it's not always easy to get yourself out of it. There are people that have multiple credit cards that they've maxed out. And again, you owe all that money, plus there's interest, there's late fees, and it's all just slowly just growing, not even slowly, quickly growing. And if you don't, you know, nip it in the bud, if you don't get yourself on gear, put your foot on the brake, you're going to find yourself getting into a hole that you don't want to be in. And I found that a lot of millennials have debt. It's very rare when I have a client that doesn't have debt and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You don't have any debt. Most of the times they have a credit card debt. Something I've seen, something I've seen is that a lot of millennials took out credit cards when they're quite young. So like 20, early 20, 21, some 18. And because they didn't learn how to manage that credit card, they're still now at the end of their 20s paying back off that credit card. So it's important if you are going to get a credit card, if you're going to take out any loan of any form that you really assess, can I afford this? Yes, the bank, yes, the the credit provider may say, oh yes, you can afford this based on your income and outgoings, but you need to assess, can I truly afford this? And do I really need this line of credit right now? What is this going to help me to do? How is this going to make my life better? And can I afford this ultimately? Because it's easy to accept the money, but then struggle to pay it back. And you don't want to put yourself in that position. So definitely making sure that you can afford any debts that you take on. And if you know you're in debt, don't continue to take out more debt. Because then it's snowballing, it's getting bigger, and the hole is getting bigger. And something we don't always speak about is the fact that debt affects your mental health. Finances affects your mental health. When you are broke, you're not walking around happy with a big smile on your face. You're feeling down. You're feeling depressed. You don't even want to go on social media because you know you're going to see someone buying something new or sharing, you know, something positive that happened to them. But debt can really affect our relationships, our mental health, and you have to protect yourself by not making foolish mistakes. Now, if you find that you're in a position where you have made some poor choices in your finances and you are now in debt, all hope is not lost. You know, you can get yourself out of it. People have done it. I used to have a debt, a debt to my university (laughs) because I was again, living above my means. You know, I was working to pay for it and I should have been able to pay for it, but I wasn't being responsible. As a result, I fell behind on my payments. And when I decided to leave uni, of course, I needed to pay that money back. And I was like being very irresponsible. I wasn't paying back on the agreed date. And then the thing that really gave me the kick up the bum was when I got a letter that they were gonna put me through to debt collectors to start paying them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got scared. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be blacklisted. I'm gonna have bad credit. But that really gave me that push. Like you need to start paying these payments back on time. And I spoke to them, negotiated it. I was so embarrassed. I didn't even tell my mom. So if she ever listened to this podcast, yeah, mom, that's what I did. And I then, you know, started paying it back and I managed to clear everything. But it was simply because of me being irresponsible. It's not that I couldn't afford it, but I didn't prioritize my responsibilities, unfortunately. But I've learned. Now, so yeah, so really making sure you're not getting yourself into debt that you can't afford to pay back. This is really important. A lot of people are struggling in their finances, not because of what they earn, but because of their level of debt. You know, debt, especially when you're in it, you can probably relate. It takes your money. That money that you could be using to better your life is going into that debt. Of course, paying your debts is better in your life, of course, but you have to ensure that once you get out of debt, you don't get yourself back into that cycle, which many, many have done. Now, the next habit I see is saving a small percentage of your income or not saving anything at all. Now, a um, statistic I wanted to share with you is that one in 10 Brits, which is about 9%, have no savings at all 
all. One in 10. So when you get on the bus, when you get on the train, count 10 people. And most likely out of the 10, at at least one of those people has no savings whatsoever. Not even one pound saved. This is a dangerous place to be in. Especially when you have people that are depending on you. You have children, you have family. This is dangerous because if anything happens to your source of income, it's going to be really, really difficult for you to get your stuff out of that situation. So that's a mistake I see a lot of people making. Most people can actually save more than they're saving, but again, they're not making it a priority. It's like, oh, but what am I actually saving for? I don't really have a goal. If you don't have a goal for your savings, at least save for an emergency fund. That fund is going to cover you if any emergency happens, your car breaks down, or unfortunately someone passed away and you need to contribute towards the funeral, or um, I don't know, something happens, you lose your job and you need to pay your bills. That is going to give you that peace of mind. So if you don't currently have savings or you you don't have enough to cover even one month worth of your expenses, start calculating what is one month worth of my expenses, you know, or even if you've already got that covered, look at, you know, what are three months worth of my expenses, add that amount up and start saving towards it. So even if you're only putting aside 50 pounds, a hundred pounds, whatever it is you can afford, Every single month, put some money into that emergency fund and just allow it to grow. And at least then you have that security. So many people are not being able to sleep properly at night because they're worried about money. They're worried about where the next money is going to come from, how they're going to pay that bill, how they're going to clear that debt. And this is going to prevent you from having to go through that unnecessary anxiety. And I just think anything that you can do to make your life easier, why not do it? You know, saving is not going to make you a millionaire. However, it can make your life a lot more stable financially. Now, another mistake that I see a lot of millennials making, and not just millennials, but, you know, others in general, is not educating themselves on financial literacy. Now, one thing I'm happy to see, though, is that a lot of millennials are educating themselves. They are getting into investing. They are saving. They're buying their houses. They're doing amazing things financially. And that is amazing. But this is the minority, There are a lot of people that aren't educating themselves. Some of you guys have credit cards and you don't even know what APR is. Some of you have credit cards and you don't really understand how interest works. And this is dangerous. You're taking on a responsibility that you don't truly understand. So it's really important to educate yourself on finances. There are so many amazing books out there. There are so many people like myself that can teach you and educate you on how to manage your money better. So utilize us. There are videos on YouTube. There are so many free resources out there and yet many people are not taking advantage of it and you just want to keep saying oh yeah we never let in school or my mom never taught me and my dad never taught me that excuse is dead it's old we can't use it anymore we have the internet we have youtube we have google we have free books guys that excuse no longer runs we need to take responsibility for our lives and invest in our own personal development i've got lots of videos on youtube there are other great um, educators as well that you can check out so guys there's no excuse but yes i'm not even going to spend too much time on that one educate yourself some of the great finance books i've read um, are rich dad poor dad the millionaire next door is also a great book um what else can i think of Okay, my mind's gone blank. Those are the main two that I can think of right now. Um, Another great book as well is How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's not directly linked to finances, but it is a very good book. Also, Think and Grow Rich is another good book I definitely recommend too. Now, (laughs) this mistake you have probably seen too on the internet is investing ignorantly. 
And what do I mean by that? A lot of millennials are making the mistake of investing but not understanding what they're investing in. There are people that are buying stocks, but they don't actually understand how stocks even work. They don't understand what dividends are, or they're investing in things, but they don't really understand what it actually is or how it works. So educate yourself. Before you invest your money into something, educate yourself. Do some research. Don't just, you know, get into that thing because everyone's saying this is great. You need to get into crypto, but you don't even understand what crypto is or how it works educate yourself. Another mistake people are making is investing more money than they can afford to lose. There are people that have invested their whole life savings into Bitcoin and have lost all their money. There are people that invested all their life savings into Dogecoin and they've lost every single penny. And it's important, like I said, to make sure that whatever you're investing, you can afford to lose. If you can't afford to lose it, you can't afford to invest it. So you have to be very wise when it comes to investments because with investments, your capital is always at risk. There is always that potential you may lose your money. And anyone tells you that this is a guaranteed, you're definitely gonna get those returns, they're probably lying. So definitely make sure that you are educating yourself, you know, check online, look at books, get a coach, but don't just invest blindly without actually understanding how the stock market works or how whatever investment you're making works. You want to make sure that you understand what you are getting yourself into. Now, these are some of the common mistakes that I see millennials making. Of course, there are many more that I could list, but we'd be here all day. Now, if you could relate to any of these mistakes, all hope is not lost. There is a lot of change that can be made. And you know what? Whatever you put your mind to, you can do. If you decide that you want to be better with managing your money as I did two years ago, you can do so. If you decide that, you know what, I want to quit the cycle that I'm in, I want to stop relying on credit to fund my lifestyle, you can do so. But you have to put a plan in place. You have to start working on changing your habits, changing your environment as well. So if, you know, there's particular apps that you always find yourself going on and buying buying things that you don't need, delete those apps. You know, if you have particular friends that are always encouraging you to go out and you know you ain't got no money, be honest with your friends. Be forthcoming and say, do you know what? next month (laughs) you know so don't get yourself into a situation that you're going to struggle to get yourself out of and one thing I'd urge you if you know at the beginning of this year you said to yourself this year I want to be more disciplined in my finances I want to be better with my money and six months later you find you're still in the same position perhaps it's time to do something different why not invest in her coach? Why not invest in booking in a finance one-on-one session with me? In that session, you're going to learn how to manage your money effectively. If been if you've been struggling to do it on your own, then maybe you do need some extra help and there is no shame in that. If you're willing to spend money on things you don't need, why not spend money on something that you do need that's actually going to benefit you? So head over to www.pearlsandperils.com, check out the coaching sessions that I have available. And if you say to yourself, do you know what? I'd probably benefit from something that's gonna give me that long-term accountability. I have three-month coaching plans as well as 12-month coaching plans that will be tailored to meet your goals. That are gonna give you that accountability. It's gonna give you the knowledge and help you to develop the skills that are going to help you to manage your money better. Now, thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. Do share it with a friend, share it with a fellow millennial, or share it with your son, your daughter, your friend, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, whomever you think this podcast is going to help. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, do leave a rating and a review. I think at the moment we have about two ratings, but I know I have more than two listeners because I see the stats. So this is your minute reminder to all my Apple listeners 
do leave a rating and a review on today's podcast. I'd really appreciate it. It gives me that extra boost to keep pushing, to keep going and share this with a friend. Have a great rest of your week and I'll be back with you next Thursday.